Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Here on Monday, February 10th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Bill Bank Green. We've got an action packed show for you today. We're going to start with recruiting. Bank, let's start with Corey Kiner, uh, running back Corey Kiner from Cincinnati, Roger Bacon. Just, you know, not that anything has really happened big lately with him. I just wanted to get an update on him. Do you think he'll be a Buckeye? And just what do the listeners need to know about Corey Kiner? Yeah, I, um, you know, there was a time probably eight, nine months ago, and I had him you know, put a crystal ball pick in for him to Michigan, and I thought that was pretty solid. Um, at the time, I wasn't sure that Ohio State would offer, um, and Michigan really jumped jumped in there quickly, loved him up early, and, you know, I had that one. You know, I thought that was pretty close to over. And then, you know, the Ohio State offer came in. Now, he's gotten a lot of other offers since then, too. Um, so I think that kind of made him take a little step back from, you know, being uh, a done deal to Michigan. I still think Michigan's in, you know, pretty good shape to get him. But, you know, I think Ohio State is really, you know, they're in his ear right now. And the question is going to be, how many running backs do they take in this class? I think that answer is going to be two. And then how do they have them slotted on their board? Because we're still really early right now. Um, I think – you know, I think Corey is probably up there, but is he ahead of Edwards, Pryor, Brown, Carroll? I'm not so sure about that. And then if Corey calls him today and wants to commit, do they take him? My gut tells me that they would, but, you know, I don't know. They may want to hold him off a little bit and kind of see a little bit further down the road where they stand with some of the guys that possibly could be ahead of him on their recruiting board. Or they may decide, you know, we kind of did this last year with Bijan Robinson and Jalen Knight, and then we ended up with Mayan Williams. So let's take the bird in the hand if we can and get this <clears throat> get this done now. Um, you know, I do think Corey is going to be committed before his senior year. And, you know, while that may sound like it's a long way away, it's really not. Um, this whole month is a dead period. The NCAA changed their calendar. So recruiting won't pick up for on-campus visits uh, until March when spring football starts, and kids loving to go. To, they love to go to those spring football practices. Um, the official visits also are open at that period. So we got to see if Corey takes the early officials and where he takes early officials. But I expect he will be committed before two-a-day start in August, and I think Ohio State, if they push, love him up, uh, I think they can get him. 
Really interesting stuff. Uh, one more recruiting question. We'll move on to other stuff. Um, defensive tackle is obviously another you know huge position of need for Ohio State in this class. They got my call, which is awesome. Um, what's uh, what's the latest on DT recruiting with uh, the top DTs from out of state that are interested in Ohio State? Well, again, th- those are going to go a little slower than Mike Hall did. So you got JT, Tua Molo, I guess. We're going to li- we'll go with JT. You got Marcus Bradley. You've got Damon Payne. I mean, they've got a group of guys, Tyler Malone, and they're in on all of them. So I think they're going to take three. And I think they're going to get three really, really good ones, as opposed to the last couple of classes where I think they got three serviceable contributing players i think they're shooting for the moon in this class and de-tackle and i think like neil armstrong i think they're going to land on the moon so i think they're going to come out of this with three monster de-tackles that would be perfect for the buckeyes all right switching gears to the 2020 team itself demario mccall and jalen gill are guys i get a lot of questions about i'm sure you do as well Every year, I think I've predicted, okay, this is a year Demario McCall is going to, you know, have a good year for the Buckeyes. I'm done predicting that. <laughs> you know, nothing against the young man. I've talked to him a lot of time. He's a really, like, you know, good young man, you know, just fun to be around. Um, but, man, even as a fourth-year junior, he couldn't get on the field. So, hopefully he proves me wrong as a fifth-year senior. Jalen Gill's a younger guy. He's only entering his third year in the program. He's going to be a third-year sophomore. Bank, break it down. Do you think we're going to see either or both of McCall or Gill step up for the Buckeyes this year? Neither of them? What do you think is going to happen with those guys? With Demario, I mean, I just kind of think um, he is who he is. And I think after all these years, and he's been there a long time, I think we know who he is. And I think the past couple of years, we've seen exactly who he is. He will make a wild play that just blows you away, and then he'll run the wrong route. He'll fumble a punt. He'll, you know, he, un- he just he compounds every good thing he does with a couple of mistakes. And I think – I think at this point, that's who he is. Now, can he explode as a senior, get everything right, do everything right? You know, I'd love to see it. I mean, like you said, I really like him. He's a good kid and um, fun-loving kid. and He really wanted to succeed, but he's going to have to cut down the mistakes and, you know, accentuate the positive there. And, and he's got a ton of talent. Um, they would, you know, they want him to be good. They give him opportunities. He just doesn't grab it and run with it. Now, with Jalen, like you said, Jalen's still young. Um, although I do think with all these guys coming in, uh, Mookie Cooper and that gang, um, you know, Jalen is probably going to have to make a move this year to prove that he can play. Because if he doesn't do it this year, with the guys that are coming in behind him at the receiver spots, he's probably going to be in trouble. Because these receivers they're bringing in are so versatile that you could play any of these guys in the slot or out wide. While Mookie Cooper is a pure slot, the other three could play anywhere in the field. And then you get the Harrison kid, Jaden Ballard. If you get Troy Stilato, these are also multiple guys that can play anywhere. So Jalen either does it this year or Jalen risks being buried and being in the transfer portal and taking his skills somewhere else. So I think this is a big spring for Jalen Gill. So I hope in the next – you know, two to three weeks. I hope he has got, you know, I think it's on the money sunny time for him. He's got to go or risk being passed by. Also looking at the offensive line um, for this team this year, I'm really excited about it. I'm curious to get your thoughts about the 2020 offensive line because I'm really excited about it. I think they're going to be really good up front. What's your take? 
Well, I picked them to win the national title, and I never do that. So I, I, I agree with you. I think Fair Mumford being healthy is going to take his game way higher. Getting Wyatt Davis back, you know, along with Josh Myers, you know, that that's a great core, you know, to build around. So I think Harry Miller is ready. Um, Nicholas Pettit-Ferrer is you know, it's it's probably go time for him. I mean, my gosh, he came in with such fanfare, and it, we just haven't seen it yet. So, like I say, I, I do think they're going to be good. Cause I think they have a great core to build around with Myers, Davis, and Mumford. So, you're looking at replacing Jonah Jackson, who I think was really good. I have Jonah probably rated a lot higher than a lot of a lot of other people would, but I thought he was just really really solid for them last year. And Brandon Bowen who I like a lot, and I know you like a lot, he was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't an all-pro. He's not an NFL guy. So there's a chance that they could actually, if Harry Miller is anywhere close to Jonah Jackson, and they can find someone to be, you know, above average like Bowen was, and then your three guys coming back are all better, well, then you have a lot better offensive line than what you had last year. Moving on to topics away from Ohio State, is Luke Fickle going to be the next coach at Michigan State? When this first came out, I'm thinking, man, I don't think he's going to really take that job because while it obviously is a step up from Cincinnati, I think he could stay at Cincinnati for another year, have another 10-win, 11-win season because they're going to be really good, I think, this coming year. They're going to be better than they were this last year. Got a lot of guys coming back and a lot of good recruits coming in. Um, and I thought he could parlay that. If he's worth whatever he's worth right now in the open market, I thought he could parlay that and do an even better job than Michigan State. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Give me your thoughts on that and just, you know, in general, do you think he's going to take this Michigan State job? Yeah, this is kind of the opposite of musical chairs where instead of everybody fighting for a chair, they're all fighting not to not to sit in the chair. You got a lot of guys, a lot of guys pulling out of this job. You know, Pat Narduzzi got out of there early. Matt Campbell got out of there early. Mel Tucker's out of there. I mean, you know, they're they're running out of candidates. They met with Luke yesterday. I, I personally, I think he's going to take the job. Where when they went into this, when D'Antonio first resigned, my feeling was no that Luke would would not take it for the reasons you just gave. Great team coming back. Great recruiting class coming in and continue to win 10 games down there and then maybe, you know, get a different job than Michigan State. Now, the Michigan State job is a great job when everything's right. I'm worried about the accusations that Curtis Blackwell has leveled against the program. I was told that he has not emptied the sack yet in terms of allegations, that there could be more stuff coming from him, and he has an ax to grind. So that would concern me that, you're going to go into a job where you may have reduced scholarships, but you've got to beat Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan every year. So I don't know. You know, I think there's some uncertainty there. I think if everything was right at Michigan State, I think it's a great job. But, boy, if you're facing sanctions or possible probation, then I would think twice. But it sure seems like Luke is, you know, he's he's the last guy standing, and he's never denied that, you know, the job interest. So I, I, my guess at the end of this, and maybe today, we're going to see Luke Fickle named the head coach at Michigan State. That is going to be crazy. Um, hey, it, it worked for Michigan State last time, tapping into former Buckeye, and uh, I mean Luke was much more of a of a Buckeye than Mark D'Antonio, obviously, but still in uh, the former. Uh, Cincinnati head coach worked for him last time. We'll see if uh, it works for him again if that happens. That's going to be crazy seeing Luke uh, 
<laughs> with Michigan State. But uh, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Speaking of interesting, last thing. Can the XFL make it? What do you think? I would say no. Um, I think people love football. And, you know, nobody loves football more than me, you know. But I'm not watching it. It doesn't interest me. It's all bad players that can't play. So I'm, if I feel that way, I would think the normal fan probably feels that way. These these knockoff leagues have tried so many times. They just pour money down a hole, and eventually the person pouring the money decides this isn't this is just not going to work. So my guess is no, that it's not going to work. Um, I'm happy to see guys get jobs that aren't NFL talent type players. So that part I, I like to see, but I'm not going to watch it. So we'll we'll see where it goes. I hope these guys make it because there's a lot of guys in that league that I know, and I'm glad to see them making money still playing football. But my guess is uh, it will die a death like all these other knockoff leagues have. You're breaking my heart, Bank. I watched the um, My DC Defenders and Cardale Jones and Duran <laughs> Grant and Tracy Sprinkle. I was into it, man. Now – a full disclosure, when I was like a little kid, I, I was into the USFL. I just have that sickness. I was a Chicago Blitz fan because Tim Spencer, Tim Spencer Sr. for the kids out there, was the running back for the Chicago Blitz, and I loved it. So I have a feeling it's going to make it. I, I know I'm in the minority well, there. I know I'm in the minority. The You're key, probably right. Yeah, the key is going to be will people schedule their weekends around it. Like we do that for college football, and we do that for the NFL. We schedule our weeks around this stuff. Are people going to schedule, when the weather breaks, are people going to schedule their time around this league and make plans around watching this league? And my guess is no. And like you said, I hope I'm wrong because there's a lot of people in that league making money right now that I'm glad to see playing football, and I hope it leads to an NFL opportunity for them. But my guess is it's not going to work. Right, I'll stop bugging you about the XFL. Great stuff from <laughs> Bill Bank Green. I know. I just I, I enjoyed it over the weekend. I, it, it'll, it'll probably fade out. I know. And you know, as I said, you're probably right. Great stuff as always from Bill Bank Green. I appreciate it, Bank. And thanks to the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs> shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply